Welcome back, folks, to the seventh episode of The Exile Diary. I'm John Loftus, joined in the studio with co-host Pete Trubinsky. Pete, man, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. Doing very well. Yeah, so uh, for this week's episode, Pete and I wanted to talk about two main items. The first being the great, uh, great film called War Dogs. Oh, it's about excellent. two guys, about two uh, two Schmendricks who uh, started a defense contractor company, and were running guns uh, for the U.S. government over in Iraq, Afghanistan, during the early two thousands. And the second item is the, you know, I just wanted to talk about what's going to happen this summer uh, in terms of how people are going to go back to normal. You know what what will young people be doing now? I mean, I'm not in that sense, but how crazy are they going to get, you know? We all know they're going to go back to the bars. They're going to go back to the live shows. Uh, We just want to know. It's going to be a white, hot summer, and we want to just talk a little bit about that, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know know what the limits are going to be this summer, but I feel like people are going to be chomping at the bit just to get after things. Oh, yeah. Pete, I was uh, I was walking in downtown Arlington uh, last night, and uh, Pete, let me tell you, man, it was a messy place. <laughs> By that I mean there were so many young people out, just absolutely hammered, just just stumbling all over the place. Pete, stumbling, the lines were long for every single bar. Um, it felt like Studio Studio Fifty Seven or Studio Sixty Four, a, mm-hmm. a famous nightclub in New York City. Yeah. Just, wow. It, it, you wouldn't really think of uh, that scene as as what goes on in Arlington. No, I've never been there, but I think that's a very historical, uh, you know, pretty formal, formal city. Not at all, Pete. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. It was a messy. People were people be dropping on the sidewalks. I was passing oh, by vomit. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the Wild West, man. Yeah, it was a Wild West. Yeah, I went to a Seven Eleven to get oh, a, that, to get a nice roadie. Uh huh. <laughs> Get a nice roadie white claw, and yeah. uh, man, let me tell you, it was a scene in there. Oh my god! Yeah, did you see? Did you see some fucking sights in there? The characters. Let me tell you, the line was snaking through the all the all the aisles of food. Whoa! It was snaking back to the bathroom. What time of night was this? This is probably on like eleven o'clock. Okay, yeah, that's prime time. Yeah, it was prime. It was showtime at the Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> Girls were just like messy guys were just yep. hammered people buying cigarettes people buying late night snacks people buying roadies oh, stacking them right outside 7-eleven <laughs> the yeah, cops were out dude it was crazy that that just that just feels like college right there yeah except it's at a 7-eleven <laughs> yeah yeah you're right Pete. people get this perception of arlington it's like you, you think it's a little stuffy it's pretty mm. it's pretty wealthy it's all you know like People work for the government, so you think it's going to be a little stuffy. And like you said, just like a quiet historical town, but no, no way in hell, dude. It was, it was pretty hectic last night. Yeah, so there, so there's just mad people out. Yep, you mad people. Every single, I, I feel like they don't have enough bar infrastructure to account okay. for all the young people here. So they probably have four or five main bars, but just not enough. Like in each one, the lines are just down the block. You know, I, th- I thought it was like people lining up to go see Jaws in the seventies. You know, it's like <laughs> a blockbuster. Are there a lot of uh, do a lot of Georgetown kids come into Arlington to yeah. party? 
yeah, you know, I was talking to someone. They said, you know, uh, right now DC is still the bars aren't at full capacity, whereas in Virginia uh, they are. So, so yeah, there's there's definitely some overspill from DC right now. People Pro- people are crossing state lines. Yeah, people are crossing into the great state of Virginia to get the drink on. Wow, dude. Yeah, did, did so? Did you uh, did you go out both nights? Uh, I just went out last night. I actually had a date with a girl. <laughs> Oh, believe it or not. Wow, you made uh, what did you just get down there like, two days ago? You quick work. Oh, yeah, I just got down yesterday <laughs> and had a date, dude. <laughs> is that a was that a, was a Tinder Tinder prospect or it was, it was Hinge? It was a Hinge date. Okay, it went wow, very, it went well. very well. Oh, B, it was fantastic. I had a blast. Did you get uh, did you guys get food, just drinks? Uh, we got some Thai food and then uh, we got a couple of drinks there and then. You went to an Irish pub, and then we went to another Irish pub. <laughs> was was the Thai food your idea, or was that her idea? That was my idea. Bold I just, choice. I just picked out a random fucking Thai food. <laughs> I did a little bit of research. Tucker told me about some like cool places to check out in like the DC, like the Georgetown DC area, which is close mm-hmm. to where I live. Yeah, and I was just like, I'm just gonna send it, you know? <laughs> yeah, man. How was the food? Oh, Pete, the food was great. Great Thai food. What, what really? kind of drinks do you guys get at, at a Thai place? You just get some beers? Yeah, I just got a gin and tonic. Okay. Just keep it clean, you know. You're, yeah, when you're yeah, Thai food, you don't want to get fancy with the drinks. No, no. <laughs> you don't want to be having a uh, like a Long Island with Thai food. That's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, dude, sounds, so, that's great. Yeah, so yeah, it felt like the summer is already starting, you know. Yeah, man. Like it's I, here. I got, I got to tell you, I, I did a lot of driving around Burlington um, this weekend. You know, I did a little bit of Uber Eats. You know, I was down by the waterfront. Oh, and nice. uh, let me tell you, man, Burlington, it was it was full throttle this weekend. Oh. There were just people everywhere. Um, dude, it, it, it felt like, it felt like a, back a real, to back uh, yeah, it felt like a big leap back to uh, back to normal. Um. I went down to the waterfront um, near Lake Champlain on mm-hmm. Friday night, and there was just people everywhere, like bike paths in the park. And everyone was kind of keeping their distance a little bit, but, you know, not many masks were being yeah, worn. Yeah, people were ditching and, masks. Yeah, and, uh, and which I was a little surprised about. I feel like people would be a little more cautious, but, you know, a lot of people just, just ripped them off and threw them away, it seems. Yeah, I think especially with the young people, you know, I see, you see some older folk with the masks on, but uh-huh. the young, I think the young kids are kind of just ripping them off, you know, like wet yeah. hot summer, just rip them off. Yeah, man, people people are blowing the doors off. People are ready to just just start scaling buildings and uh, <laughs> quitting their job. Yeah, Pete, I, I I told you about the super text, but there's this there's this trend, there's this meme online. And uh, th- this guy, he goes, uh, the-, the joke is the, the uh, interviewer is asking a potential employee, it's like, oh, why was there a gap in your, what's, the- what's this gap in your employment history for the summer of 2021? Like, what were you up to? What were you doing? And the guy just replies, like, just, just a hot, white hot summer, baby. Yeah. <laughs> hot summer. Dude, I-, I think, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a real, um, I think that's that's very symbolic of what this summer is going to be like. I mean, 
my own personal opinion, I just think people are going to be trying to get after it in every way this summer. You know, they've been cooped up, especially up here in Vermont. You know, the winters are already pretty long. Um, and so I think people have been cooped up for a long time, many months at this point. And, uh, you know, they're just looking to get after it, go on hikes, get out downtown, spend as much yeah. time in the sun as they can. So. Yeah, right. Yeah. Get to start drinking again, you know. Be, are, are the bars and restaurants in Burlington at full capacity now? Or are they still? Um, I is... think so. I think indoor is still at um, limited capacity. You know, I think it's yeah. like fifty percent, so it's it's decent. Um, so a lot of the restaurants are kind of hybrid. They still have um, outdoor dining and then some indoor dining as well. Um, but it works out well for for Church Street because. Um, you know, it's blocked off to cars. And uh, so they, all the restaurants can really kind of just expand their outdoor seating areas um, a little more. And it kind of becomes like a really nice scene downtown because you have all these um, little areas where the restaurants have kind of taken over and, you know, um, put in like planters and like, you know, some benches. That's nice. uh, I like that. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of people just sitting outside, which is good. Perfect, uh, perfect city for that kind of stuff because you can have that. You got a lot of space in that corridor, uh, in that main Church Street. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. No, it, it really is good for it, and uh, you know, it's just. I think it's just a, it brings a lot more people um, to, to downtown and, and to be able to sit outside, which you know the weather's so nice this time of year. So it's it's been. Uh, I think it's been really good for the restaurants. Yeah. The, the... Yeah, but yeah, Arlington's popping up. I, I, I assume it's it's gonna be very, very similar in other cities across this country. They're, yeah, gonna, be, uh, they're gonna get messy this summer. The cops are gonna have their hands full. It's not gonna be rioting. It's not gonna be rioting like last summer. It's gonna be just just hot, steamy, you know, people drinking, people clumping. Oh yeah, man. People are just <laughs> it's gonna be like Woodstock, man. Woodstock in the cities. Yeah, this be this is be this is the Woodstock of our generation, the summer of twenty twenty one. Dude, I, I tell you, I I was out this weekend and it reminded me of like if everyone empl- everyone's employer on Friday said they had the whole summer <laughs> off. And that that's yeah. that's what the vibe was like. It was like everyone just got told they had three months off. Oh man, imagine that. Imagine that. Be, I feel oh, like, be, I feel like send, a couple, send a couple more stim checks, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the let money printer go burr. Give us some stimmies and then yeah. uh or, or how about this? Test us. Test out UBI for three months. <laughs> yep. Let's get the uh, let's get the economy cranking a little more. Yeah. Where's Andrew Yang? Turn up the heat. Yeah. Get Yang out there. Go test out the UBI. You know. Yeah. I, I, speaking of Andrew Yang, I think he he has a pretty good shot at being the mayor of uh, New York City, per my brother. Yeah. He's uh, he's he's competing well. I think there's uh, maybe like one like two other candidates. Yeah, there's um, one guy who um, he was a, like some higher up in the you know political structure of Brooklyn, and he's also running for mayor. Yeah, um, so he yep. has like some real political experience, um, but he's pretty neck and neck with with Yang still. So yeah, he's competing, man. Yeah, it'll be interesting. But uh, I think you know, dude, just like you said, every other city, New York is going to be. I think I think it's gonna be popping this summer, you know. Oh, definitely. Even even though they've they've really uh, bared bared the brunt of this pandemic, I think people are still gonna be what's what's going Dan to the city. 
what's Dan observing? What's the man on the ground? What's what's he observing these days? Do you get the details on that? I haven't talked to him in a little while, but uh, you know, I think I think things are from what I hear from him, things are getting pretty close to back to normal. Um, I think the restaurants there are still at limited capacity, but um, you know, you can still go dine indoors, which is nice. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, you know, a lot of people are getting vaccinated. So, so caution is being thrown to the wind a little bit, which is, which is good. So I think, uh, you know, just like every other place they're on the road back to normal. So nice. Yeah. All right, Pino, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's uh, talk a little bit about this great movie, War Dogs, huh? Oh, dude. I, so it's, uh, we were going to, I think I remember uh, telling you, we we're going to do like a podcast a couple weeks ago about War Dogs, and then we didn't end up doing it. But I did a lot of research on the film, and, oh, man, I, I like the film even more now. Pete, give um, us some, give us some, uh, uh, what, what, what's, what nuggets right, man, did you unearth? All right, let me just, uh, we'll start at the top here, just so you guys are aware. War Dogs. Um, got a 7.1 on IMDb, 61% on Rotten Tomatoes, 57% on Metacritic. That's pretty harsh. Those numbers, yeah, it's harsh. Uh, I think, I think the, I think the 7.1, I, I, I would give it, I'd bump that up to like seven and a half to eight. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. I think it's an eight range. Um, Metascore, damn, that's harsh. 57. Yeah, I don't, are they usually pretty, uh, pretty harsh with movies I don't, i'm not really familiar with, with that agency i think they just i think that's that is a an average i believe i believe it's an average of all the critics like all the major critics they average them oh, together oh okay gotcha. um i i think I, i'm i stand corrected yeah. so but i still well, think the, it's hard yeah i, I kind of would have expected some higher ratings i mean it, it's at least in the 70s right yeah i mean imdb is about but um, the director, Todd Phillips, he actually did a little research. He's done a lot of movies that uh, you may know. He did all the Hangover movies. That's he right. Did Joker. Um, he did Old School with uh, Luke Wilson. Oh, no way. Vince Vaughn. Yeah. So he's, uh, he's done some pretty popular films. Um, that, but yeah, he, you know, he's, had a, he's had a fantastic career if you think about it. He's done everything now, right? He's done a little. He's done. Com- he's mastered comedy. Mm-hmm. He's done. He's done the War Dogs, which is a great, you know, one of those great movies. That's a kind of a good balance of comedy and and drama. And then now he he did uh, the Joker. I thought was great too. Yeah, and that's kind that's of a darker. Off. Yeah, much darker and uh, different than the others. Um, the film War Dogs made forty three million dollars, which I thought was pretty good. That is pretty good. Um. Let's see what other things I'm gonna read about. Well, you know, as you know, it's based on a true story, um, which is makes the movie even better. Um, David Packhouse and Afrin Diparoli are actually real people, um, and a lot of what they portray in the movie is um, pretty close to what actually happened. So, um, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, it uh, is. I- I see. I see. That's also. It was also based on a Rolling Stone article. I think that was the. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And I kind of um, want to read that now. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was just a fantastic movie, and I really, I love the structure of the movie as well. Um, I loved how the movie was kind of separated with those phrases that they would show on the yeah. screen every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
And it just, the movie overall had a very nice flow to it. Nice rhythm. I don't know what you thought about that, but it did. I thought it was very well paced. There was yeah. never a dull moment. Um, I, I love the montage, montage scenes when they're doing they're doing well. You know, they're scoring some contracts with the government and getting yeah. the investment from uh, their their friend or maybe he's an uncle or something. Um, that was I think that's great. Uh, Pete, man, that that scene, one of the best scenes in the movie. Is when they're trying. They have to go. The two characters have to go to. Um, they have to go to Jordan. Oh yeah, and yeah. Deliver <laughs> deliver all these Berettas, these Beretta rifles or handguns yep. to people yep. in Baghdad, <laughs> and they have to drive across the desert, and they start getting chased down by, you know, uh, the opposition army. I, I don't know mm-hmm. if it was the Taliban or something, mm-hmm. but they're getting chased down by the opposition, and and <laughs> it's it, they're in dire straits. There's it's like yep. no hope. You're like, oh, these guys are gonna get caught. This is they're done for. And all yeah. of a sudden, just this this helicopter comes thundering off the horizon. A little bit of CCR in the background. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a great touch too. The CCR is blasting. Yeah. Oh, uh, that was what a scene. Yeah, dude. And then, what is he? I think he says uh, after the roll, he says, uh, "God bless Dick Cheney's America." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I love the, the I love the guy the the Muslim guy in the back of the car. He just goes, "Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar." Yeah. Dude, that is that is a great scene. It's uh, I feel like that's kind of a turning point in the movie. That's where they really become legit. Yeah, right. That's when um, things get worse. Yeah, um, there, there is always, there's some golden lines in that movie too. Like, oh yeah, what he goes he goes, he's trying to a- Avril Divirioli is trying to convince that. David Packhouse to to go to actually run the guns themselves. This is great. Mm-hmm. This is the preceding scene. Yeah. When they get into the chase and he just goes, We're gun runners, man. Let's run some guns. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Oh. Yeah, man. There, there's so many great scenes in that movie. Um, I love when they're bargaining with the guys in Jordan at that like picnic table. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, Oh, is this the <laughs> so I'm guessing this is the time I'm supposed to offer him a gift. And the kid just says yes, and then he uh, what does he like? Give him his his glass sunglasses or something? Yeah, yeah, the aviators. Or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, it's uh, there's so many, and then of course the scene where they're uh, just ripping bong uh, in Appen D. Rolly's new office, trying to score oh, some yeah, deals. Yeah. They got the night vision goggles on. Yeah, that that's that's a great scene. I also, I'll, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, one thing I noticed about, I think what makes great characters or the, some of the best characters in television and movies and just stories in general are the ones that are kind of, they're doing something wrong, right? They're doing something illegal, mm-hmm. but, they're, but they're lovable. And they're kind of like misfit pirates, you know? Mm-hmm. They're, they're not evil people, but mm-hmm. they're doing something wrong. And so the you're like you're you're thinking about like what they're doing is not maybe it's not ethical you know mm-hmm. but but you love you still love them anyways it's like uh, one one example I have for you Jordan Jordan Belfort in Wolf of Wall Street yeah you know he's yep. doing illegal stuff but you you root for him throughout yep. the movie like you want him you don't want him to get caught by the the feds that's such a good point and I think another key element of of that um, is is you love seeing a character just do something badass, kind of breaking the rules a little bit. Yeah. But in the end, their actions don't really hurt other people. Yeah, and that's true. 
and that's kind of the case in Wolf of Wall Street is, you know, what they're doing, like you said, is not really legal, but they're not really hurting other people. Um, and same thing really in this movie, you know, they are running guns, but they, they are, you know, kind of legally fulfilling these U.S. contracts. Yeah. Um, so I think that's you just you're kind of rooting for them, as you said, because, um, you know, it's like, oh, this is fucking sick. They're, they're running guns or, oh, they're Jordan Belfer. He's making, uh, you know, $10 million a week, you know. Yeah, I, I think I think movies, I think movies, especially American movies, are just. There's just so many littered with, with those characters that you root for. Um, maybe maybe Jack Sparrow in Pirates of the Caribbean is one. He's a, he's a pirate, you know. He does he steals. Mm-hmm. He's a you know he's a bad you know he's a he's he's being chased down by the law. But yeah, everyone everyone loves Jack Sparrow. Yeah, and he also there's there's some moments in, in Pirates of the Caribbean where he he shows some uh, he so shows some benevolence, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, I, but I mean, I really War Dogs just just a a great movie, and I thought that um, Jonah Hill was a perfect actor for perfect. for Deep Roy as well. Perfect. Um, I couldn't really imagine anyone else playing that that character. No, he's got Jonah Jonah Goldberg's got great range now. You know, the, yeah. the, the comedy, the drama, and and I also thought that David Packhouse's character was very well casted too. Yeah. Yeah. It. Um. Yeah, definitely. They they were a great duo. Pete, man, uh, run guns, dude. Did you do it? You know, man, I'm not gonna lie. I did. Uh, I did look up that uh, that website right after I watched the movie, Fez Biz Ops or whatever. Oh yeah, is that the website where you you find contracts? Yeah, you find the find the contracts and stuff. I looked it up the uh, next day. You know, I don't no, nothing. No, no uh, contracts I myself could really fulfill, but you know. What, what, were some of, what were some of the contracts? Ah, dude, there was one for like 10,000 gallons of propane needed in <laughs> North Dakota or something. Like really random stuff. Yeah, dude, this is why we got to go to war again. <laughs> you, you want something sexier than that, right? You want uh, to yeah, well, I got to go run some guns in Taiwan. There's no, there's no, uh, there's never a day where I'm thinking, man, I'd love to run 10,000 gallons of propane up to North Dakota. There's nothing, you know, that, that doesn't yeah. sound, uh, I'm not chomping at the bit for that opportunity. No, that's, that's not high energy adrenaline rush. You know, you want to be like going down to Taiwan, the South China Sea, bringing, like going down to Hong Kong, you know, smuggling in like, you know, RPGs in the Hong Kong. That'd be sick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be, I'll <laughs> be a little more risk involved with that, but that, uh, it does. Pete, man, imagine that we get one of those little, like, Hong Kong skiffs, and we just drive into the island, you know, with a, a couple dingy. with a little duffel bag, you know, a dinghy with a duffel <laughs> bag of RPGs, and like we just we just sell them on our own. We just set up a little like arm shop in Hong Kong. Man, oh that, set up set up a little front, you know. Maybe we're selling that. Uh, we got a little street cart, sell some food, we're selling that, uh, but we're really selling RPGs as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we. We sell like American food. We sell like cheeseburgers, but we also, you know, hawk yeah, weapons of mass, <laughs> serious weapons, snipers, you know, hand grenades, all that stuff. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be quite a job, quite quite a career change for myself. Accounting Pete, to uh, Pete, man, you run the books, and that's the thing too. The, the whole story, right? Is that how they got caught? Is that they were cooking their books? Um, or no, they just. They... Didn't... 
can't remember exactly how they got caught, but I remember at the end of the movie, <clears throat> David Packhouse, kind of the narrator, was talking and was like, you know, Afram literally had written on his computer, uh, deliver <laughs> Russian guns or something like that. Like they really, <laughs> they implicated themselves pretty clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they were, uh, they were trying to cover up their tracks too much. No, man. You're you, I think if you do that, you know, you just got to take an L at the end of the day. You got to live, live both ends and take the L at the end. Yeah, man. I mean, you make your bed, you got to lie in there, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and that, you know, it's, that movie kind of take, takes place during an interesting part of America, too. Um, you know, with Dick Cheney and George Bush and, kind of goes back to our podcast last podcast about the whole uh surveillance program as well that was kind of going on during that time post 9-11 yep yep i i gotta look into more about like how they how they you know just what was going on in iraq you know in terms of like how the not what they were doing like mm-hmm. in terms of war strategy but how like what were they like remember the scene people the two characters they walk in and they, they just like had all of saddam's money in that oh, safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They just like yeah. sign their name on like a basic five star notebook, pretty much, and just like <laughs> yeah. wrote down their names. Like, yep. yeah, we're just this is just a transaction. The U.S. government's t- taking Saddam's money and just paying us, paying us like two million dollars. <laughs> yeah, like, I Dude, this is... read about that. You know, like the yeah, bureaucracy I, that worked there. I feel the same way, and this is gonna kind of sound bad, but I feel like growing up when I was a kid. You know, during the late 2000s, early 2010s, you know, my family would get the newspaper every morning at our house. And I feel like every other day there'd be something on the front page about like something, an event going on in the Middle East. And I I still to this day really don't know what exactly happened during those 10, 12 years where we were in in the (laughs) Middle East. (laughs) I don't think anyone does, man. I mean, I feel like there was just so much... uh, so much going on during those years in Iraq. And um, yeah. I, also when you're a kid too, you, yeah, you just accept the narrative that they give you. Yep. You don't think of, you don't think better of it. You're, dude, you're, when you're a kid, man, you're not, you're sticking, you're, you're sticking your eyes, you're gluing your eyes to the Xbox playing yeah. Call of Duty, you know, like shooting up, you know, <laughs> kids online. You have yep. no, like Iraq wars, like, oh, sick, man. Like Call of Duty. Yeah, man, uh, I, I probably had my finger halfway up my nose looking at the newspaper, and then ate a massive bowl of uh, cinnamon <laughs> life. You know, you slunk, you, you you slinked upstairs for a quick, you know, hour before church. You know, yeah, <laughs> get, a, get a couple, wait. get a get a couple rounds of zombies in with Dan. Yeah, well, let me let me get a quick uh, let me get a, get a quick team death match here. Go back quick. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then my mom's domi- yeah, it's not yeah. domination. It's team yeah. death match. <laughs> Yo, it's team deathmatch. It's it's quick. Yo, we'll be done. Just ten games. Ten ten games. Ten games later. Oh man, it's four o'clock. I forgot to my yeah. hammer. Oh, yeah. I guess I just play one. Oh, James just got on. Oh, J- oh James. Hey, we're we'll team tactical. <laughs> oh man. That's yeah, funny. that's uh. There you go. That sums up my childhood. Yeah. Right. Uh-oh. Well, man. Yeah, God, in conclusion, I think it's going to be a hell of a summer and uh, can't recommend War Dogs enough, right? 
Oh yeah, fantastic movie. It, it's got a little bit of the. It's got a little bit of the inner relation, relationship drama with uh, the main character and his wife. You know, yep. it's got the it's got the the bro the bromance and the bro drama. Yep. And it just got some kick ass scenes with some great music and yeah. funny scenes. Yeah, definitely. It's a really really great mix of uh, comedy and you know, a little bit of action, but it's it's also all based on a true story, which which makes it. Um, feel a little more intense or more serious yeah, yeah that's what it, i love this was like some of the great movies are based on these like you know magazine articles or just like mm-hmm. weird true stories that kind of fell out of the public conscious or just weren't that big at the time but you you rehash them for a new audience a new generation gets to learn about it through a movie it's cool yeah and you know this this movie also kind of reminded me of uh the big short in a way yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, because it's similar thing, you know, they took a true story, the 2008 financial crisis. Um, they had a little bit of, you know, drop, dramatization, a little bit of Hollywood, um, but mostly kept it pretty real and, uh, and, and kind of rehashed it for, like you said, for a generation, you know, I myself included, who didn't, you know, wasn't really aware of that at the time. I was only, you know, 11, but um you know, this movie was, was kind of similar. It, 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 you know, based on a true story, um, rehashed something that maybe a younger audience wouldn't be aware of. Um, and I think a lot of, a lot of the elements of both those movies were the same with the, the kind of omniscient narrator and, um, you know, it was almost had a little bit of a documentary style in, in some ways, which, uh, yeah. and uh, it's it just really, really well done. And, uh, like you said, well-paced movie. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, on that note, uh, Pete and I are going to go head off, and uh, we're actually going to take a three-month break from this podcast, go on EBI, go on unemployment, yep. and just uh, put some money into crypto. And then every- <laughs> and wait and, uh, for Do- Dogecoin to go up 7,000%. <laughs> yeah, just wait for Doge to go to the moon. And while we're waiting, we'll be uh, just – Living up in the summer life, you know, yeah, getting man. back to normal and uh, going out again. Stag season is uh, has officially begun. I, I believe oh, it starts. Yeah. I believe it starts tomorrow. Be May seventeenth is the first day. Oh, yeah, the, that's the uh, that's the official first day. <clears throat> All right, folks. Until next time, this is John Loftus and Peter Jaminski signing off from the Exile Diary. <laughs>